fade you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah. This is fade you. What's going on, moms and dads? Welcome to the Fade You Podcast. We are recording late on Wednesday, March 22nd with special guest tonight. So we'll get to her in just a moment. The Fade You Podcast is the sports betting show for the everyday better. Whether you're a total degen or you're just looking for a little action, we are glad you're here and checking out our show, whether you're here for the first time or you've been with us for a while. So MLB opening day is one week from most of you are going to listen to this tomorrow on Thursday. MLB opening week day is in a week, so we had to have one of our absolute favorites on. My name is Matt. Joe's here as well, and we are joined by the one and only prop queen. She's Ariel Epstein. You know her from PointsBet, MLB Network. Uh, she is one of our absolute favorites. So, Ariel, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for having me. Love that you are repping some baseball right now, Matt. That's awesome. Yesterday, nice win by Team Japan to defeat Team USA in the World Baseball Classic. Got me super pumped for baseball. Now, I had so many people on Twitter who, for the first time in my whole life in gambling media, that I was told for betting the sharp side and giving out a winner that I should still be deported out of the country. Like <laughs> me, out of all people, to be deported out of America because I made you money. That's actually the most American thing that I have heard ever, that I make you money and you still want me deported. Yeah, I saw when you tweeted that, I was like, damn, there's not a lot of people in media in general that were going to that had the balls to fire Japan other than the problem. No, they were all laying minus 160 on Team USA and the line moved overnight in favor of Japan. 90% of action coming in on America. Now, when people say to me, how do you bet baseball? That's how you bet baseball. See, what I did was I I told all the guys, I'm like, I'm not firing pregame. I'll wait and I'll find a spot. And my buddy Kevin fired uh, USA plus one and a half in the seventh inning. Cash that bet. That's the smart way to do it. Hedge your emotions, lose the game, still win a bet, it's fine. I like that look on a live line to get Team USA plus one and a half because I actually was looking at Japan plus one and a half, but it was minus 155, Yeah, and I'm not laying that on a run line. Yeah, because we were talking about that too. Like, let's just go both ways. Hopefully USA wins by one, right? But, yeah, that was that, – minus 140 is way too much, too much juice there. But, yeah, Schwarber took care of that for us. <laughs> Love it. Love it. WBC was amazing. Everybody that didn't watch any baseball, shame on them. It was incredible. Yeah, especially that game between Mexico and Japan was insane. It had everything that you hope for in a baseball game. It got you pumped up. The crowd was awesome, too, that the crowd was so into it down in Miami. It was fun to watch. Um, I really, I, I admit I was really busy a lot during the WBC, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I did get to watch those last couple of games, the semifinals and the finals, and it was awesome. It got me super hyped up knowing that in a week and one day from when we're recording this, Major League Baseball is going to be here. And it's just one of those sports that you really can find a nice edge on because people, it's, it is a long season. And even though the NBA is a long season, it's still the second most bet sport behind football. Baseball is not as highly bet. It's around four or five on handle. In addition to people not in the weekday thinking, let me go bet a baseball game. So you're able to find some good action. Yeah, and people get scared to bet on baseball too. They're just like, oh, it takes so much work. It's like, no, it doesn't. 
just find the value. Look at the lines. All betting takes the work, picture. but if you put in yeah. the work, you can come out at least 52%. So Yeah, that's that's, that's all that matters unless you're laying like minus 150, like we said. <laughs> yeah, on the public side. 66%. Plus. <laughs> laying, laying minus 155 on a public side in a neutral site. Genius. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, great. Great job, guys. With two, with the best pitcher and, I mean, yeah, whatever. Anyway, no one gives a shit about the WBC. Yeah. But will they next time because this one was so awesome? Oh, you don't think so, oh, Joe? No, we'll have the same bullshit argument. It, it, I mean, I love that Trout committed to 2026, but we'll see if he actually plays. Um, we'll see if yeah. his body but I, I mean, all the players, everybody, every single person involved was like, this is the coolest experience I've had in my career. So hopefully we can keep they getting started. They actually got out. to have fun. They just yeah, were able exactly. to have fun and play baseball, which I think is great. The problem is that it's during March Madness, which is idiotic. If anything, you do it. Play the, I, I know you can't really separate games, but at least they got the finals on a Tuesday and the semis were on a Monday, and that didn't interfere with March Madness, which is why you saw so much more media covering it, especially on social media, Monday, Tuesday. Doing baseball during March Madness is the same problem baseball has during football season. Yep. You're still going to lose to football, even if the World Series is on a Sunday. You're still not going to hit Sunday night football numbers. So right. it, it's just it, baseball always loses, but it, it was so great, the WBC. The problem is you're in March Madness, and also people are still going to always be worried about injury, just like with the Mets closer, Edwin Diaz, now being out for the season. That Altuve. sucks. Altuve's out, like, what, two months with a broken thumb? Yeah, but, you know, who's complaining about that? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Depends just kidding. on who no, you but, ask. <laughs> but no, but here's the thing. I know that you're not going to get as much probably player involvement if you did it at this time of year. However, if you did play in November per se, then you don't have to worry about these kinds of injuries because Altuve would have been ready in time for spring training. But now you're going to have him out for two meaningful months of the season. And granted, it's the Astros. They can probably make a run anyway if he's out two months. But you never know. I mean, that could set them back, and maybe it's going to be a closer division race than we thought because they didn't have Altuve for two months. Like, that's that's the double-edged sword. For sure. Really cool tournament. It was it was jarring to watch that last night. It felt like a Game 7, and it's like, holy shit, this is like Game 7 intensity in March in a baseball game. The novelty of it, I think, was really, really cool. And hopefully people did watch because I feel and like I missed out. everyone's telling you had a best of three series. F that. No. Winner take all was freaking awesome. Keep yeah, it winner that's, take all. That's true. Very true. Especially with such a small, just a small amount of teams. You can't do best of three. There's it's a reason March Madness is March Madness. It's because it's yeah. not a best of series. It's win and go home. And if you aren't prepared and you don't match, that was the thing. And that was kind of what I said about the issues that Team USA has when going through the WBC. There is so much video and, and, and stats and analysis that we do in America that Team USA, anybody can handicap them. Anybody on any of the other teams can do the work to see who's good and bad at what on Team USA. When you're Team USA trying to handicap the other teams, if you've got Team Japan and you've got a few major leaguers, 
that's going to be really tough for Team USA to do research. And that's what the head coach of Team USA, uh, Mark DeRosa, said. He said, we had to really just kind of scout them through the tournament and see how they threw and their pitching angles. They couldn't, they had no analysis the same way that they do throughout the regular baseball season. So the other teams actually have an edge over Team USA. And I think of public perception too. They're like, oh, USA should just smash Japan. It's like, Japan gives a shit about baseball. That is their sport. So there is a difference. Yeah, and also you think that Japanese, like, that they're, like, scared? Like, no, they're not scared. They're freaking, like, they are, like, they are zoned in, focused. No one got rattled. Their pitcher, their starter got hit pretty hard in the second inning. No one got rattled. Everyone just kind of – and then Otani – they're talking in the booth about Otani and if he's going to be nervous coming out of the pen because he's used to being the <laughs> starter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. He had a, struggled like one batter, I think, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah, here's 102 down the pipe. Try to hit it. <laughs> yeah, and super The guy's terrific. throwing 100 miles an hour out of the pen. <laughs> yeah, unreal. After he just hit like two an inning ago. Right. Yeah, just he's a god. He's, he's, only, that. he's 28 years old and he's a already just legend he's my age and he's like so much more talented than me like that's <laughs> such bull uh that could be said for about nine probably 99.999 percent of the population there of the entire world yeah yeah of the joe, entire world yeah him coming in that game last night joe and saving that was mad bum-esque the it way was. that he came in and, and handled that that was uh, it was mad so Bum, mad Bums was godlike because it was seven innings that's true. <laughs> That's true. Bad Bum got 21 outs. Fucking Otani got three. So, I don't Ariel, know. But it's still amazing, for sure. Is there, Ariel, is there anything you wouldn't do to have him be a Yankee next year? Otani or Mad Bum? Otani. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not going to happen. So, I'm not even, like, going to... It just, it's not going to happen. So the Yankees can't afford him. They just paid a ton of money to judge. I honestly, truthfully, and I love Otani and he is a pitching arm, but I, I'd rather the Yankees invest in a contact hitter, another contact hitter and another, I mean, and they did, they invested in Rodon. So they got another pitcher and they need more depth in the bullpen. Now the key to the Yankees success Every time they've made the World Series has been bullpen depth, and that's what they did not have last year. They lost their closer to a season-ending injury. They really didn't have many people to help them to attack the Astros, and they lost DJ LeMahieu in the lineup, so they lost their best contact hitter. So those are all the reasons why the Yankees have struggled. And Otani's a contact hitter, and he's a pitcher. And don't get me wrong, it'd be awesome to have him, but it's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, the Mets have a better shot at getting him than the Yankees do. I don't even think, I think the Yankees tried that first time when it was between them and the angels. And apparently Otani didn't even want to come to New York. So they were already out. (laughs) My worry is that he's liking the West coast and liking SoCal and he ends up with the, don't go to the Dodgers. Dude. I, I would be so mad if he does, but can't go to the Dodgers. (sighs) We'll see. We'll save it for another show. to Seattle. He's gonna go to Seattle. Clip this. Yeah, can get Seattle. to him. Yeah, that would be Ariel, sick. How- I'd actually be excited for Seattle if he went. I like the Mariners. Him and how much Jeff- did the Judge get? Thick. Oh, I you know I don't do contracts. Like my dad's a lawyer. I've dealt with contracts and paperwork my whole life, and I just don't do them. So I don't even know how much he got. 
I'm so bad. Once the contract stuff's done, I look at my guy, Mark Feinstein, who works for MLB. I look at his tweet. I retweet it. And then I'm like, all right, whatever. Judges on the Yankees. That's all I care about. I don't care how much he's making. Yeah, he's going to get approximately $150 billion. <laughs> A jillion dollars. <laughs> They're like, what do you want? How many zeros? He's not my husband. Do it. So I don't care. Yeah. There we go. I'm not okay. making any of that money. So is good, he single? For, good for you, Judge. Let's get the, let's get the connection. <laughs> you said he's your age. Judge? Otani. No, Otani's my age, yeah. Yeah, Otani's my age, but um, yeah, I'm not making any of his money either, unfortunately. So again, don't really give a shit what his income is. <laughs> all I care, all here, here's who's making me money: the sports book, points by sports books, making me money, and that's why I focus on if these guys are on certain teams. When they're on certain teams, that's what makes me money, not how much money they're making. I got to make my own money. So who gives a shit what their income is? Or win your money too. Well, yeah, except I don't really bet much on Judge. Like, I rarely bet the Yankees because they're always overpriced. I always end up betting against them because they're always overpriced. And then when it comes to the Angels, they suck, so I never bet them. If anything, Otani, but his K-prop is overrated. So, like, Otani could be averaging, like, six strikeouts a game and they make his K-prop seven and a half, and every idiot out there bets his over. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. No. He, he gets, like, six. Speaking of which, I looked at the uh, slowest pitchers because obviously the pitch timer. Slowest pitchers, number one in the MLB, Otani. Did you know that? I'm I'm looking at gonna I'm gonna so I have all ten here. I want to fade all those K props because they're gonna come in, especially because Otani just pitched in the WBC. Is he gonna be used to throwing a pitch every 15 seconds? And is he gonna gas out faster? I don't know. I think. The pitchers that aren't used to keeping up with that speed of throwing and everything, they're going to gas out faster, lower velocity, less Ks. I think fading um, the top 10. Maybe the first month, but it said based on research that everybody pretty much was back to normal yeah. data within like after that first month. So I think he'll be fine after April, but it's definitely something to keep a close eye on in April. Any, any of these pitchers that – aren't used to it. And also another thing about the, the K props, look at who's been leading spring training and strikeouts, especially if it's like a three guy. That's how I ended up on Trevor Rogers a lot two years ago when he had that great first few months with the Marlins. He was the second leading K guy in spring training behind Shane Bieber. So like you've got to look at these names in spring training who are not your aces, your guys that are like the twos, the threes, the fours in the rotation See who's up there in that top 10 in spring training strikeouts and then go and try to find their K-props early in April. And then going off what Joe was saying, yeah, if you have some pitchers that potentially are really slow and it might change up the way that their their form is and whatnot, then or the way that they throw and it might throw them off a little bit, then sure, you could fade them. But uh, it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be as bad. The only, the only issue is going to be – like that, you know, how you get the ball. Like that sucks. Like, right. If like you have a full count and then he like doesn't get there in time and now he's walked when like he had the yeah. potential to throw that strike, like that sucks. I'm kind of interested to see too if like a uh, when a batter gets brushed off, he's got like seven seconds to get back in the box. Like what if you take one almost to the skull and you're like, holy shit, you got to get back in there. I guess it doesn't matter if the, if the ump calls time. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, we'll see. I if guess he we'll, calls we'll time, find does the clock stop? Yes, but I'm just saying, like, you get one high and inside, you, you take a step back, you got to get right back in there and be ready because a guy like Scherzer is going to take advantage of that. As soon as oh, he gets totally. the ball, he's firing that. But I don't know if you saw this already in spring training because I was actually at MLB Network doing rehearsals that day. It was, I think it was Scherzer who was on the mound at spring training and he got the pitch clock called on him and he flipped out on the ref. I mean, the the um, he flipped out on the um and then he gave up a home run the next pitch. And that's the shit you're going to see with guys like Scherzer and Cole, DeGrom, any of these guys that are mad bum even. Any, I mean, do we not remember Mad Bum's second outing last year where he got tossed in the first oh, yeah. inning? So now imagine Mad Bum gets called on a ball because he took a second too long to get set up, and now he's going to get fuming, and then he's, he's going to give up it. a bomb. Yeah. That's so, why these here, pitchers are going to lose their minds. So when I when I did this thing for, like, fading these uh, pitchers, like the slowest pitchers, and I just wrote in the first, like, two starts because there's going to be value there, I think. Listen, I'm just going to run through the top 10 really quick. You're talking aces here. There's a lot of them in here. So I'm going to start from slowest to the 10th slowest, I guess. Otani, Luis Garcia, Corbin Burns, Hugh Darvish, Alec Manoa, Lucas Giolito, Kevin Gosman, Aaron Nola, Verlander, Julio Urias. Yeah, Hugh Darvish stands out All the most studs. to me. Hugh Darvish is going to get screwed. Oh, yeah, you Darvish. Is Especially piece. on the road. Hugh oh. Darvish on the road is always my fade. I like. Oh, that is the best you. bet. Fade you. That's that's why I tweeted at you uh, yesterday. Fade you soon put in, and my buddy Kevin fired that bet, and he gives up that bomb immediately. I was like, "Yeah, we fade know." You. Yep, fade <laughs> you, especially on the road, and oh, yeah. now with at home, not clock. as much. And and remember, these pitchers have been in the WBC with no pitch clock, so they have not gotten used to it like the other pitchers who have been pitching in spring training. You Darvish, Shohei Otani, those are some pitchers that you named who played WBC. And the manager of the Padres said that he is a little concerned that you Darvish has barely even pitched enough in the WBC. Feels like Darvish isn't in his preseason form. And that's also, I mean, there's two reasons why I don't think we saw Darvish start in the WBC. And you saw it in that eighth inning. Darvish isn't ready for the season. He wasn't ready to go four or five innings. And he certainly has such shitty numbers against against all of the USA, like the entire USA lineup. So aside for the shitty numbers against Team USA, it was also that he is not. I don't think he's ready to go five, six innings. So he's going to be a fade for me for the first we, starts he has. God, if we can get you on the first, I haven't looked at the schedule. If we can get you as his first start on the road, oh man, that is going to be an absolute hammer. Other team, team total. His under K prop, everything, every way possible, fade him. And it's also the first two weeks of the year that you do have to look at manager quotes and stories because they will give you some answers as to how far some pitchers will go for the first month of the year. It usually takes two to three starts for them to start letting these pitchers go six, seven innings. So it's not going to surprise me if you Darvish goes three, four innings in his first couple of starts. Oh, for sure. No question. Every time you Darvish is scheduled to start our fade you group chat, it's usually Chris Duke. Well, it's been me for an awful time in the morning. Fade you question mark, question mark, question mark every single time. And on uh, the road, yes, that that never fails. So, so you guys are talking a lot about 
pitchers adjusting to the pitch clock uh and and that's that's great because that's going to be brand new and i don't think anybody really knows what to expect we've got to just keep an eye ariel how do you expect it to affect hitters and and how should people look at hitters props maybe because it's an adjustment from that side too right i mean how many guys timing is going to get thrown off um it's just a whole nother wrinkle in the whole entire sport so what do you expect to see from the hitters perspective so i don't really bet many hitters props because the one thing i hate again about the hitters props is that you can bet let's say um jose altuve to go over his total bases of one and a half on Friday. And then he sucks and he goes over four, but then the rest of the weekend, he's like four for six. Like he just is insane. So that's why I hate hitters props because they're very inconsistent. However, the way that this pitch clock could affect is essentially affect them is that they're going to have to, like you mentioned, get into the batter's box really fast. They're not going to be able to do some of their little like metric things where like, you know, Jeter would hold up his arm like this. And then you swing the bat forward a few times. Like <laughs> you can't step out of the box and then like adjust your cup and then like spit out your gum or your seeds or whatever. Like they have all these little things that they have to get rid of. But the one thing and the one player that stood out was also um, hearing from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He said the thing that the pitch clock did for him is that he has to get out of the on-deck circle really fast where he used to just kind of slowly get out of the on-deck circle. Now he gets out of the on-deck circle faster, so he has more time in the box. So I think that's where you're going to see more of these players more ready to go out of the on-deck circle so that they don't – and, like, maybe they'll – speed up walking to the um into the like up to the plate as opposed to taking their time which is why i don't necessarily think it's going to be um like horrible the only thing is that you are going to get some pitchers that are going to try to speed things up but they do have to there are certain rules to that too like the batter has to be set and ready and the pitcher can't just like decide to throw a pitch they also will get penalized for that what i think too matt is um uh, runners on base because the pitcher can only disengage twice mm -hmm. they can only throw over twice they can only step off twice so if they do that and you got a, like a prolific base dealer on first you know that guy can go at first movement so i think and you if you look at steals in spring training they're up 20 percent so yeah, i think, and I think that you're still gonna see steals more for a lot of the actual fast players i don't necessarily think like some people think that there's going to be so much value on these slower guys i don't necessarily mm -hmm. no. see these managers risking that if anything it's just going to be more of the speedsters that are getting more of those looks and opportunities yeah i think there's going to be value early on in the year for those faster guys with like hit run rbi props whatever those may be if it's one and a half they get a hit get on first steal second base hit score run and you catch and that you get bat. a ton of value on stolen base props i mean they're oh, always yeah. two three well, four to one i just i don't know if i mean i think they're going to be deflated going or maybe in, yeah it's going to be uh, interesting yeah it's going to be interesting if some of these guys like a trey turner a cedric mullins any of these really fast leadoff hitters if they end up getting their stolen base odds down to plus 150 as opposed to where they yeah, were at plus 250 for sure. and i'm gonna keep an eye on too like the entire d-backs lineup can can is gonna steal 25 bases so there's and they and I, that's my favorite team total bet of the season d-backs over 74 and a half I, I just think they're great defensively and i think they're gonna be better on offense and yeah so i i find a lot of value in all those guys 
I mean, they stole the most bases last year. I don't see how they don't do it again. It's a valuable market. So with the stolen bases too, is there is there any reason to look more maybe at overs if we're expecting more successful stolen bases? Maybe like Joe said, a single guy on first, steal second, get more runners in scoring position. Could that be a reason to maybe look at overs? I think that's gonna be that's gonna be baked into the line, right, Ariel? Probably baked into the line a little bit, but it's going to be something to really monitor and look out for. Uh, but yeah, I mean, usually stolen bases are only over a half. You never see like over one and a half stolen bases on a player. It's always like oh, over half be. a stolen base. Yeah. Um, but again, if you start to see this tactic play out in the regular season where, especially too, another reason overs could be prevalent is because of like let's say you have extra innings and you, <laughs> yeah. you end up in extra innings and you can put a pinch runner in who's one of your, like they usually every team always has one or two utility guys who are fast that they could throw in in an extra innings game on first base, as opposed to the last player who was up in the lineup. That would be really interesting for like live betting purposes. If you are able to yeah. get like a live stolen base on the pinch runner coming in and then him try to throw it off that pitcher. But again, the pitchers are going to be smarter about it. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting game to play with the pitchers and the base runners. But it's again, very fluky market that if you want to have some fun and get a little bit of a payout, sure, go have fun with it. But I just really don't give out offensive props ever because it is so fluky. Yeah, I'm I'm well, furious they made that runner on second rule. Well, I was gonna say the one thing we're the one thing we're not gonna do. Speaking of the extra inning rules, is bet full game unders because that's no. been ded and for. And I said putting the runner on first and extra innings, I meant second. I don't know why I was. Yeah, put it on first. Put them on first or eliminate the intentional walk because all that does is take the bat out of. Whoever, like, if Mike Trout's coming up, they're walking him to first every fucking time. They're just taking the bat out of a, pit, a hitter we want to see. So either A, put them on first in the extras or eliminate the intentional walk. It's so stupid. Yeah, Good job, the intentional MLB. walk is stupid, but whatever. I can't talk shit about them. I love baseball. I love everything that baseball does. <laughs> oh, try. I'm, I love baseball too. I, I, I think the rules overall are a good thing. When I went to spring training a couple weeks back, I watched a game in like two hours and 20 minutes and it was fucking awesome. It was awesome. I think it's great. I think the new rules are great for speeding up the game. Now, I don't know if it's necessarily bringing in new viewership, but I do know it will retain its viewership and it's better for the people in the seats at the stadium to not sit through four hour games. Um, Even though I'm sure the owners don't love that they're probably making less money from less vendors, I guess, who knows? But anyway. um, Exactly. That's the one downfall is you can't get as many beers. You like see the seventh seven inning like an hour and a half in. You're like, oh, damn it. But I Just like, again, yuck, yuck I, I think it, it's the pitchers can't stand there for forever. Step off, step back on. I love that the hitters are going to actually approach the box faster as opposed to just like slowly going because that is the reason why you do see some games like on the college level, the minor league level, because they're not schmoozing their way through. They're like energetic, ready to get in there, ready to play the game, ready to prove themselves or whatever it is. Like it's very rare that you even saw those college and minor league games go like three and a half, four hours. But um, now with major league baseball, I think it's going to be really good to implement it. So we'll see. What about the shift? How do you feel about that? Well, I love it. I hate the freaking shift. 
I hate and you know it. what? That, it makes sense too because the Yankees were the ones that that uh, they had what like thirteen percent of the time they were shifting, which is the lowest in the majors, and they have great defense. So this is not going to affect them at all. No, and like I, again, I'm not a biased fan because to be honest, I don't care about the Yankees until they make the World Series. They're going to be in the ALCS <laughs> and they're going to lose in five or six every time until they tell me otherwise. And here's the thing: I always tell people, I'm like, I. I paid to go to game five of the ALDS against the Guardians because I knew it was the last time I'd be at Yankee Stadium happy that year. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, they have a really good chance of winning this game. I sat through so many freaking rain delays. I was at Billy's oh. Sports Bar for like 10 hours between two weekdays. Monday to Tuesday, I was at Billy's for four hours each. That, that's disgusting. I was hungover for three days and because the game got rained out on Monday, even though we waited until they announced it. So then Tuesday, got off work early, went to the game because it was a 4 o'clock start. And I was like, it's worth it because when I go to the ALCS, I know we're losing. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> and did I yeah. go to the ALCS? Yeah, because I have to go with Grandpa. Like, it's a thing. We got to yeah. go. But I knew they were going to lose. So it was, like, depressing. I think you should talk Grandpa into flying to San Francisco and going to opening day this year. It's we'll in go. New York. No, it's in San Francisco. The no, Yankees it's not. play. Yeah, the Yankees play the Giants. No, they don't. I'm going opening weekend. You loser. What? The Yankees are at I it was home. The opposite. Joe, how much have you had to drink today? I already have tickets. I thought it was dude. opposite. <laughs> I already got tickets to Saturday and Sunday. Damn it! Sorry. 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 I, I guess you got to fly to New York. Shit, my wife let me maybe. <laughs> you, I, you I too many vodka sodas. I, I usually go to opening day, but I can't go Thursday because I gotta work. So Saturday and Sunday it is. My friend took off Monday because we're going Sunday with like my friend group. Saturdays with the fam. Sunday we're going with the friend group. We're doing billies and whatever. And my friends like based on last year. I know I'm gonna be dead, so I'm taking off Monday. And I was like, f you. <laughs> yeah, I've only had one really bad rain delay experience, and that was uh, in Cincinnati, which has like the most rain delays of anywhere. But badass ballpark, and I was stuck in a bar for like three hours, and they called Sounds me. Sounds terrible. Oh yeah. no, Joe's oh, stuck no. in a bar for three Sounds hours. Sounds like something oh, Joe's gonna bummer, do tonight no. in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I've already done it. <laughs> Aaron, uh, do you have a few minutes yes. to get into a few of your favorite futures? We don't want to keep you too late. Yeah, especially because I might get murdered in this building in Manhattan while I'm sitting here with a locked door. Um, all right, so my futures, I love the Chicago Cubs over 77 and a half wins. Chicago, they had 74 wins last year, and now you add in a great shortstop in Dansby Swanson. You've got Cody Bellinger. Kyle Hendricks is going to return right after he had that shoulder tear that kept him. Uh, now you got Marcus Stroman, Jamison Tyone as well, so your pitching is much better. The NL Central is wide open, and the Cards, they overachieved last year. They had a lot of veteran talent. Now they don't have their catcher, Yadier Molina, so it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cards pitching evolves with a new catcher that has been the first time in over a decade that they've had a new catcher. So between that and the Brewer struggles, I think that the Cubs have a really good chance of doing well in the Central. Now, when I talked about the Brewers – under 85 and a half wins. They were a team last year that actually bet them to win the National League. And then they decide to trade away their closer, Josh Hader. Like, oh, for weird. what freaking reason? I don't know. But they do. And then they sucked. So 
I like my whole reason for betting the Brewers last year was because they had a great bullpen. I mean, defenses win championships and in baseball that's pitching and they lost their pitching depth and Devin Williams was never the same when he was without Hater. They lost Colin Wong, they lost Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich is basically what this lineup relies on and he hasn't been the same since he won an MVP. Brewers had 86 wins last year and their team got worse under 85 and a half wins for the Brewers. Um Decent payout here for the Orioles to make the playoffs plus 360. They were probably my favorite, like it, the best value for a team that's being undervalued right now. The Orioles were really good last year at home and they have eight top 100 prospects, which is the most in major league baseball. Adley Rushman actually looked good towards the end of the year last year when he got off to a slow start. I have an absolute man crush on Adley Rushman. He, he looked good at the end of the year. My Oriole friend, my Oriole friends hated him in the beginning of the season. Hated him, like said the worst things about him. I was like, dude, give him some time, and he got it. And now one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, Gunnar Henderson. He's the number one prospect, number one pitcher, and he's probably going to come up. So that's going to help to this Orioles rotation that already did even get better because last, uh, they added in uh, Kyle Gibson and Cole Irvin, who are veteran pitchers who have a lot of experience in the league on top of this team who was at home top 10 bullpen era top 10 era at home the road was where they kind of struggled but again more experience this team should get much better and then my world series pick sorry guys padres 10 to 1 it's just the value the value is great for a team that's freaking loaded i mean this lineup who on earth they are the they are the lineup if i had to choose a lineup in baseball not the yankees not the dodgers not the Padres are the last lineup in baseball I want to face. I don't want to face Fernando Tatis Jr. I don't want to face Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts, Nelson Cruz, Manny Machado, who just got paid. Yeah, no Carpenter. Carpenter, mustache, Matt. No, thank you. I don't want to face these guys. And then you've got, and then you've got the pitching, which is Blake Snell, who again, he's. I mean, you know, you could, you could. He's a fun fade guy too. I love fades. Here's why I'm telling you the Padres pitching's fun fades. You Darvish, Blake Snell, they're fun to fade because their home road splits are very drastic. Exactly. When they're at home, you can't fade them. But when they're on the road, you can, and they will always be inflated on the road because they are good. Like, Blake Snell could come off the best freaking outing of his life. He'll have a one-hit game, shut out baseball through eight innings, and then the next road game, he'll be favored at minus 185, and the line's going to be like, yeah, i, I got to go bet the other side. But everyone's going to bet Blake Snell. He'll, he'll give great. up five earned through four, and then they'll build Exactly, yank. exactly. <laughs> so that's why they're fun to fade. But, again, when I look at value in the futures market, the Padres are the one team that drains the hell out of the Dodgers. They know how to beat the Dodgers. And – the Dodgers this year, even though they're the favorite to come out of the West again, their pitching scares like their pitching. Their pitching is not worse. Yeah, it's like, not good. Right, like they're pitching the injuries, and they don't have the, one of their best pitchers, Walker Bueller. Clayton Kershaw can't even make an opening day start Dustin anymore. May He's always even, scratched. Dustin May is going to be on like a pitch count. Right, they're all banged up, so I don't really trust the Dodgers and their starting pitching the way that I trust the Padres starting pitching. So, and like, we're also forgetting Joe Musgrove and this was a top five bullpen last season. So Padres send to one to me, honestly, if there's a team they're out for vengeance, they lost to the Phillies in the NLCS and 
they can get there again. They're better. So 10 to 1, Padres, that's my World Series pick. Yeah, they're definitely better. And I, I think love it. Padres are worse. And people, like, they're still th- – at 96, I, I love – 96 and a half, I love their under. Just because, look, Gavin Lux, ACL, you got – they lost Justin Turner and Trey Turner. So they're way younger. And their pitching's beat up. Are they going to yep. win 97 games? It's going to be tough. I think the, I think that's why I think the D-backs look good. I think the Giants always play them tough. Only and thing that scares me about the D-backs is every freaking person I've talked to in betting loves the D-backs this year, and that scares the shit out oh, of me. Trendy, Don't tell trendy. me that. Don't tell me that. It's the reason I didn't bet them, because I just was like, nah. If I hear all these people, I'm like, mm, nah. And What's these crazy? aren't like MLB people. If it's it, Like, here's the difference. When gambling people tell me one thing and that they're betting and they love them, I'm like, oh, fuck. But if MLB yeah. Network people are telling me that they like something, I'm like, all right. Like, you're like, like MLB yeah, like you're the right. Cubs. Yeah, I'm like, okay, okay. Like, MLB <laughs> Network people, they like the Cubs a lot this year. So, um, I don't know. I, I trust them. But I still got to talk to my MLB research people because they're, they're the, they are the best. Like, the MLB research team. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, my God. Like, they're the ones that I asked at the beginning of WBC, hey, who has the best chance to beat USA? And they told me Japan. I'm like, yeah, that's sharp bet for sure i just couldn't bring myself to bet it because i'm a homer the best part about baseball and why people are like oh why do you (laughs) love to bet baseball so much and i'm like because it's the one sport that you can actually match up baseball analytics with like gambling knowledge and it works other sports it's really hard the nba no one likes to play so who cares the nfl it's a different playbook every week so it doesn't matter what the numbers tell you because Numbers mean nothing in the NFL if you're changing up the entire playbook for an opponent. Like, yeah, there's ways to handicap each sport. But to me, baseball is that one sport that you could really take analytics, mesh it with the gambling knowledge, because it's so often like like there's just there's enough numbers to back up what you need to know when you see something in the market that looks like there's an edge. Right. And like you said, there's fishy lines, too. They know everybody's betting the Yankees and they're going to move that line appropriately. And then we can just do the out. It's it's but the average better doesn't, doesn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, love it. And then there's also like you've got to look at the guys that like Coors Field under on K props. Those are huge too. Um, a lot of away pitchers, not home pitchers. The away pitchers going to Coors, especially lefties, they tend to struggle in Colorado because of the altitude. They don't pitch as long, etc. So you tend to see a lot of unders at Coors Field too. That's a great nugget. That and that was really strong last year, right? Really strong, especially. I'm pretty sure I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it was lefties away. Lefties at Coors were huge to the under because the Rockies just didn't strike out much against lefties anyway. On top of being at Coors, these pitchers, like I remember last year, I was actually with our friend Kelly in Vegas. We were getting hammered at a well we were at a steakhouse had two bottles of wine then we went to the bar in the steakhouse and i found out that my blackout concoction is an espresso martini after two <laughs> bottles of wine oh, hell yeah. that's why you guys said yeah. that yeah that tweet yeah that tweet that you sent out that triggered the hell out of me because when so what happened was i had max freed under his five and a half strikeouts i think of course that night and I was getting roasted on Twitter because Max Freed just came off of like four straight games with like seven or eight or more strikeouts and his prop was five and a half. And everyone was like, you're nuts. You're nuts for betting you're that stupid. on there. No way. Yeah, get deported. 
And I ended up like, I think he had four max five, but he definitely hit the under. And then I was celebrating, but then I like don't remember the rest. 2K props, the best ones when we were firing the over on Hunter Green, remember? Yes. Give, he'd like over six and a half. He's getting seven, but he's also given up seven. What rocks. about that game <laughs> where Hunter Green gave up like seven runs, but A had nine runs. Ks? Yeah, it was seven and seven. That was. That was we were texting back and forth, and we were laughing because we were like, "Holy shit, we're gonna lose this bet." But he struck putting out. out, and they gave up a million runs. <laughs> and then when the one where I was blacked out at a bar, and I texted you, remember, bang, and uh, oh. which one? <laughs> the one where he was wrong. I think it was free. I think no, it wasn't free. It was some. It, I think it, it was, was a brave. It was. I can't free. remember who it was. Uh, anyways, I I was at a bar drunk, and I was watching the game, and. The, the the ticker on the bottom said it was seven strikeouts. So I texted you and I said, hey, bang, oh, it was one. A, oh, it was an over. You tweeted oh. it. He and then it was only six. Banged it. No, I remember because I was yeah. at yeah. mini golf. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I you tweeted it because Joe texted. And yeah. He, yeah. Jumped that the gun was the Phillies. It was the Phillies game. Yeah, I think Phillies. It, oh, it, I think it was Nola. Was it Nola? Yeah, it was Nola. Yeah. Or Wheeler, one of them. Yeah, it was one of the two. But yeah, yeah it was I was playing drunk mini golf at Swingers down in Manhattan Midtown and I'm out <laughs> with my friends who are girls who clearly don't give a shit about what baseball game is on on a random like weekday. It was like and, a Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah, it was like a random day. And then you guys freaking text me that we won. You're it was me, not you guys. It was me. I'm, I apologize. Joe did but it. the one. You're lucky still- it won cuz usually yeah. those lose if I tweet it and it's wrong. I know, yeah. And it was to end an inning, too. So I was like, oh, shit, he better come out for another inning. Oh, yeah, we didn't know if he was going to come back out. No, because he had like he was at like 80 pitches, and he came out struck the first guy out. And I was like, yes, we're good. (laughs) And that's the other thing, too, that was really fun with watching WBC yesterday because my friend mid-major Matt and I, we do the K-Prop spreadsheet together. That's how how we have our whole algorithm going. And every pitcher that came in for America – between Merrill Kelly, Kyle Freeland, these are all your like real shaky K-prop guys because they have the ability to do to get the strikeouts, but it's a matter of if they can stay in the game long enough because they're they're gonna get <laughs> they don't rocked. Walk. Yeah, like, they're gonna like walk. it's a matter of what inning they get rocked in because they're gonna get rocked. And sometimes <laughs> it's the second and sometimes it's the fifth. Like you just don't know. And yesterday both pitchers we were like, yep, two. This is mid. This is just normal, like early season form for these guys. Second inning in, and they get slammed and they get pulled. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for baseball season. Last thing, Ariel, what is the plan on MLB Network? Where are people going to be able to see you? What are you doing? I'm so excited. Um, so MLB Network. I'm going to be on off base on every week day that we're allowed to be on air because i mean april is really tough at mlb because they pick up a ton of games because they just like yeah yeah, like there's a lot of day games in april but for the most part we'll be on off base 4 p.m eastern time between me lauren gardner xavier scruggs and a rotating player every show and every friday between 11 and 12 p.m eastern i'm gonna be on high heat with chris russo so i'm really excited about that wow Um, I know. I'm going to have a segment with Mad Dog on Fridays. I'm so pumped. Um, and then I'm going to have my own show on PointsBet. So I'm here at the PointsBet offices now. Uh, PointsBet, I'm going to be debuting my Major League Baseball podcast next week, where we will be doing, you know, like the beginning of the podcast will be all about 
what you might have missed in baseball the night before because you hate watching the games. Then we're going to talk. Uh, we'll have a bunch of interviews with so many different people around baseball and their lives and the different like insights that they have into the baseball world, former players, current reporters, et cetera. Um, and obviously, I'll have my best bets on that show, too. Awesome. Can't wait to check all of that. That's going to be awesome. I can't believe it's only a week away. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Like, yeah. I'm so over – like, love you, the NBA. Thank you for employing me. Like, but I have been – this is just that terrible time of year in basketball where teams are tanking, players are getting hurt and sitting out till the playoffs start. So I'm ready for a new, a new sport. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. If you're listening to this, subscribe to the pod. We will have more guests on throughout baseball season as March Madness wraps up into the NBA and NHL playoffs and all throughout the summer. And we'll definitely have Ariel back on very, very soon once baseball gets underway. And if you are watching this, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give this video a like. Tell your friends. We appreciate all your support. Ariel, you're the best. Get home safe and we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Don't get murdered. Please don't. Mm. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll catch you later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, 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 nah,